0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, we have a good, good one for you today. We're talking about the mysteries of cats. We're talking about that cat that comes in that just uh, seems fine, but the owner is convinced that he's just not himself. How aggressive do we get? What mistakes do we not want to make? What are the most common things we're going to find? What are the most common landmines we need to avoid? We talk through all that with the one and only Dr. Margie Shirk. Dr. Margie Shirk. Is the North American editor of the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery. She is on a ton of uh, feline committees in medicine. She was one of the first owners of a feline-exclusive practice in Canada. She is a genuinely great person and fun to talk to, and she has got a wealth of information to share. So let's check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, make sure that we know what we need to know, and let's get into this episode this is your show we're glad you're here we want to help you in your veterinary career welcome to the cone of shame with dr andy rourke welcome marty shirk how are you today
1: i am very well and grateful to be well oh yeah we can't take anything for granted
0: no, that's true. You and I are recording this uh, the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, and gratitude is definitely top of mind right now. Well, thanks a lot for being here. You know, you um, you and I have known each other for years. You uh, let me let me sum you up in our in a nutshell, if you don't mind, with our relationship. As soon as we logged on to do this uh, podcast, you immediately noticed that on the picture behind me, there is not a single cat picture. <laughs> And there are six dogs and no cats. And that was the first thing you said was there are no cats on the pictures behind you. And I'm like, that's Margie. Like, it, like immediately, that's Margie. I love it so much. You are you are amazing. You do a a million things. You are the North American editor for the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery. You have been a guest editor recently with Vet Clinics of North America. You study uh, and talk about. The impact of stress on illness in cats. You really talk about all things cats. You are a go-to for me when I need uh, cat advice, and I am so thrilled to have you today, here today. What did I miss? What else? Uh, what else are you doing currently?
1: Oh, I'm still. I'm doing doing some online lecturing, uh, and I. You know what, Andy? I never thought I'd ever say maybe you you feel the same way i never thought i'd ever say oh i love doing webinars um, because uh, you know as opposed to live teaching given that live teaching isn't happening you know webinars beat the heck out of doing recorded lectures or yeah, yeah. you just talk i mean at least when you're doing a webinar and you're talking to your computer screen, you know that there's some people out there listening as opposed yeah. to when you're recording it. And it's just you, like you, I feel like a moron in my, in my study recording <laughs> <laughs> a lecture, talking to myself and my cats wonder what is she going on about
0: now? Oh, I, I completely agree. I miss, uh, you know, seeing people in person so much for lectures. It's just, yeah. um, I miss seeing the vet people. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad we get to this podcast. And, Speaking of which, I have a case I wanted to run by with you today. You got a minute? I do. Perfect. I have got an eight-year-old male neutered domestic short hair named Oscar in the exam room. And he is here as an ADR cap. He's just not himself. And the frustrating thing with this case is I am asking these questions nine different ways. And I and the owner is not giving me anything. I don't, you know. It's like, is he peeing outside the box? No. Is is he still eating normally? Yeah. You know. And it's, but what is it? Well, he's just not. He's just not himself. And I, I sort of unpack this a couple of different ways. He he lives with other cats. Um, is he fighting? No. He's not fighting. What, what? How is his relationship with the dog? Well, they just kind of avoid each other. But he's still not doing. He's just not doing right, and I guess what I want to say is, you know, I'm, I've had this case. I got Oscar here, who has become a grouch, and uh, and I see I see cats like this from time to time. I I just want to kind of ask you, uh, when you see these cats, how how do you treat that? Am am I should I just kind of blow these things off? Should I throw everything plus the kitchen sink at this thing? Well, yeah, let me. So let me just give you that vague vague cat question and say well how do you, how do you treat that
1: well, um, those those sure absolutely can be frustrating. And sometimes you feel like, you know, come on, give me something, give me something. And that's where certainly, and you you um, uh, talk about this uh, actually quite frequently and co- frequently in communication. One of the things, of course, is using the open ended questions mm. uh, for sure. Uh, and, and, and of course, then you get to when they give you nothing in those open ended questions, you start, you start throwing anything at the wall and see if it'll stick. Right. But it's um, cats are notorious for having subtle signs of sickness. So if a client notices that there's something off with their cat there is Um, because cats have to um, you know as as you know cats have to uh, fake it all the time because they are prey animals Mm. We, we often think of them as being predators and sure if you're a small bird or a mouse they are a predator but if you're a big bird they're your prey if you're anything other than a small bird or a mouse they are your prey so they have to and because they they don't live in groups where they can bring each other groceries and take care of each other and protect each other they have to fake it they have to say no i'm fine i'm just fine they have to you know man it out as it were uh yet another term we um uh, probably can't use um but anyway, <laughs> so the so you know the subtle signs of sickness are, are you know, certainly inappropriate elimination which which oscar isn't isn't doing um that's you know that's that's one of them although you know it may be you know it may be that what what you'll want to do in a case like that or that I might do if uh, is is to get the client to you know give her a couple of categories and get her to go home and diarize for a bit and watch for a bit but,
0: Changes well, walk me through, me through that real quick. So, so give her a couple categories. What, what do you mean when you say that? I, I haven't, I haven't done it before. Watch to get the to get the client to watch what he's doing in the litter box.
1: Not just notice that yeah, when she scoops the box, that there's uh, you know same number of you know peas, same number of you know clumps of urine, same number of you know. It, are they the same? Are they in the same location? Are they you know um, in when he's in the box? Does he? beetle out of there in a hurry does he still dig does he squat for in his for his normal length of time are there any subtle changes there because that could tell you for instance uh that he's got some art uh, at eight years of age absolutely he could have some arthritis or maybe he's got some uh some um lower urinary tract size maybe he's actually in and out of that box more often and has a smaller than usual bladder because every time it stretches it hurts you know maybe he's um uh, uh spending more time digging um you know, these these sorts of things to, to really watch there. To the, um, you said, you know, he's not really made any changes in, in his interactions with the uh, other cats or dog. But to what what I find really helps, my gosh, is, is for her to, you know, she gets out her phone and starts taking photos and videos. Because then that really hones your, your um, observation because you are then you're quiet and you're paying attention i don't mean quiet as in not making noise i mean quiet mm-hmm. and quiet in yourself and you're paying attention and you may start seeing start seeing things um the certainly, uh, you know, I'd be thinking also like changes in activity. Sure, he's still doing all these things, but is he coming for his food right away or is he kind of sauntering down after a while? Um, is he uh, cleaning his plate up completely? Uh, has he always cleaned his plate up completely or is this new or is he, did he used to clean up his plate and now he's nibbling? Um, what What's going on there, you know, and changes in... In sleeping habits, too, uh, really what we're looking for is trying to find out what are the changes, what exactly are the changes, changes in sleeping habits, where he's sleeping, the position he's sleeping in, how long he's sleeping for, is he getting comfortable or changing sides, you know, back and forth. Um, uh, changes in, you know, uh, water consumption. um Grooming—is he spending more time or less time grooming? Are there um, more hairballs, for instance? Uh, is his tail twitching more? Where's his ear posture? Whiskers—whiskers Whiskers are amazing. I'm so delighted that we've now got the uh, f- uh, feline, you know, like the facial grimace scale um, that's been validated, and and to look for signs of pain because it looks at the sort of the poofiness of the muzzle, the position of the whiskers, the position of the ears. Um, and uh, that can tell you quite a bit about, um, about what's going on. Uh, changes in vocalization, is he quieter than normal? Is he talking more? Um, and then sort of, you know, is there, you would be looking for as, as a veterinarian, you know, what are there changes in, in his breath? Does it, does it stink? That could be his mouth, that could be his guts, that could be his respiratory tract, that could be his anal glands. You know, Mm -hmm. because it's so hard for us in the in the clinic setting to we can't watch them
0: move around. Right. Can't watch them jump. We can't watch them even walk. They're just cowering. I I mean, I am looking at this cat in the exam room and this is one of those cats that is doing the thing where he's just he's just down in his little cat, you know, uh, sphinx position and he doesn't want to move. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I can kind of put my, put my hands in it. I can't, I don't find anything wrong. His, you know, his coat is not abnormal. He, he you know, there's no obvious failure to groom things like that. I, I'm not finding anything, but he's not helping me at all. He is not up. He's not walking around. If I take him and sort of set him on the floor, he just immediately goes back to the, to the Sphinx position and right. just sits. And so I, I'm not getting any of this in the exam room.
1: Right. Well, I th- certainly think, you know, on, on in examining these things and, and querying with, uh can you tell me about any changes? Is there anything more specific that you've noticed? Rather, um, um, I get it. You know, cats are cats are really subtle about their uh, when they're not feeling right. And it could be stress, but it could also be physical or it could be physical causing stress and you know it can go it can go both ways so um what i'd like you to do is to monitor these things like actually weigh or or measure how much food um uh, he's he's eating uh and i know it's difficult uh with um multiple cats and certainly with the dog but uh let's see see what's going on and 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 make a couple of videos of him for me, uh, in, in action or in, in action, if he's truly, you know, not moving at home mm-hmm. either. Then I certainly think that you can do a, a, your min your minimum database after you've done your, I mean, you've checked your blood pressure. Cause to me, a blood pressure is part of an exam. Yep. It's not a, it's not a separate test. It's just like, you know, we do TPRs and we also, you know,
0: TPR BP. I, I, let's, let's unpack that for a second. Just because I'm like, I've heard you say that many times. I, I don't know that that a lot of practices uh, have have incorporated that make the case for me for a cat that the blood pressure check is part of the exam.
1: Sure. So the ACVIM 2018 document suggests that we start screening after about eight years of age, doing blood pressures um, once or, once a year or at every exam. Um, the ISFM guidelines, International Society for Feline Medicine, recommends from three years of age onwards in healthy individuals. In anybody with illness, you absolutely should do it. The reason ACVIM is, is uh, and they de- deliberately say not to do it in younger cats, um, uh younger healthy cats because you don't want to over interpret the information that you're getting the reason i think it's a good idea to do and in fact even start in kittens is because the if you can get them used to it and giving them treats every time that they that you do this then when you actually have an abnormal number and want you know we've got somebody sick then then the um, situational hypertension, or what we used to call white coat syndrome, is no, is less of a factor because it, they're used to it. You know, and the interesting thing is, we don't think twice about taking a. Well, I think twice about taking a temperature, but you know, doing it at pulse respiration. You know, t- and that's just part of part of an exam. Blood pressure is in in human medicine too, and the mm-hmm. thing is, is that sixty five percent of cats with chronic kidney disease are hypertensive and we may not, we may, and of course chronic kidney disease starts long before we can pick it up with any test, be it a urine specific gravity, be it a creatinine, be it an SDMA, it starts several years beforehand just as the weight loss. So weighing and blood pressure can, uh, uh, I mean weighing picks up ever so many, so many things. Mm Um, but blood pressure may pick up. You know, if you have an, uh, an elevated blood pressure above 160 millimeters mercury systolic, then um, you uh, consistently, then you know, then then it is absolutely worth doing blood work on that otherwise apparently healthy cat. Similarly, anybody who's FIV positive is, is at a higher likelihood of having kidney disease and having proteinuria as as being part of that too. Now there's fewer. That's a smaller portion of our of our patients. But I think that um, also and then from a behavioral perspective, not just of that of the of the patient, but from the perspective of the clinic team. If you do blood pressures day in and day out and that's just like, you know, saying, hello, how are you? You know, like we do with everybody, Mm -hmm. then um, if we do them uh, frequently, we're going to get so good at doing them. We're going to be faster, we're going to be less muss, less fuss, less stress for the patient, Mm. less stress for us, we're going to be less anxious and therefore not and less likely to convey anxiety to the to the patient. So that's why I think and absolutely, I mean, in in kittens and and young cats, one, two, three, four year old cats, eh? I just don't, don't even write it down, just get them used to the procedure and get us used to the procedure. And if and if that means you know, and people say, "Well, you know, my will pay for it." Well, don't ask them. Do they do? Will do they pay for the temperature, or, the, or do they pay for you to use your otoscope? You know, right. you just use it. It's just part of. It's just a part of your exam cost. And so I think that and if you have to up your exam cost by three bucks an exam, fine. You know, yeah. you'll have repaid that equipment in no time.
0: Yeah, no, that that's great. That's exact. That's that's awesome. That makes tons of sense. All right. I, I, I cut you off as you as you were moving on. So we talked about uh, the the photos that we talked about videos in action. We'd watch talk about measuring food uh, to, to really sort of quantify intake. Um, and then and then we were talking about get it, get a blood pressure check and yeah. uh, any. Anything else in the exam room?
1: Yeah, I think that I think you certainly would be um, justified in uh, taking some uh, a, a minimum database, like taking your, your your blood and urine. I always like want to take urine at the same time as blood because urine is like this liquid gold that gives you not just the chemistries, like blood we get chemistries, right? But it gives us not just the chemistries; it also gives us cytology. You know how cre- great is that? You know, so it's well, and of course, with a CBC, you also should be getting your. Um, you get cytology too there, but you don't get cytology of the liver. You don't get cytology, right. the, you know, of when your blood wears in the, in your urine, you get cytology that reflects the kidneys, the ureters, the bladder, you know, it's and, and if it's a free catch, you get all the stuff downstream too. But so it's really, I think that's, that would be worth doing. And if, if, if finances are a concern, then what I, I like to do is I collect the samples, I mm-hmm. put them on hold, OK, we spin them, spin the blood down, separate it, of course, you know, so make sure that the serum, serum is separated. Um, and then um, let's, you know, let's let's I want to put him on some analgesics. This is what I'm going to do now is I'm going to uh, assume that there's pain. I don't know where it is yet, but I'm going to assume there's some pain and I'm going to give him, you know, three days of, of uh, something like buprenorphine and just see if he feels better on that and 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 check in with her and if he feels better on that then we need to start drilling down and trying. then then it's worth doing the blood maybe getting some x-rays doing an abdominal ultrasound whatever but if he does if there's no difference in him then we got to start thinking uh, uh, because buprenorphine isn't going to affect mentation a whole lot uh then we need to start um thinking about uh things other than pain and be, be thinking for instance about um uh um maybe, maybe stress and mm-hmm. rolling down. Maybe if there's something she hasn't told us because it's not important to her or she's embarrassed about it, you know, is there, is there anything in your life that could be, I mean, you could certainly say this in this, in this appointment too. Is there anything going on in Oscar's life that could be upsetting him? That may allow, well, yeah, you know, I just split up with my boyfriend and he really liked him or whatever, you know, I mean, we, the stuff we get to hear from our clients, you just sometimes, wish they wouldn't but (laughs) they tell us stuff they don't tell their their psychiatrists it's uh it's pretty amazing sometimes but yeah so I mean that's a you know any changes is and, and then it depends too on what time what time of year is it does he go outside has there been you know maybe there's renovations going on in the house and and things that she doesn't relate to because she's out when the workmen are in or
0: something like that cool no, that's great. That's that's fantastic. I feel like I got a good uh, handle on this. Honestly, the pain medication is something that I had not put as front and center as you're putting it, and that's uh, that's something I need to go back and reassess. And I think the blood pressure check it makes makes all the sense in the world. So, I what I took away from today, honestly, this is great because these a lot of these things are not things that I break out. In these uh, in these appointments, the categories we talked about litter box, we talked about eating, we talked about grooming, we talked about vocalization, we talked about breath smell, we talked about anything else that's going on, just drawing the pet owner's attention to that. I love the ideas of the videos in action, especially anytime you feel like this is not right, or this is not how he is. Uh, The videos are great for all the reasons you said. And then also it gives the pet owner a a feeling that they're doing something like they're, you know, they're engaged in that. We're seeking an answer. And a lot of times just feeling like you are moving forward with the, uh, with the diagnosis is, is is important to them. The, the food weight and measurement, I think it's great. The blood pressure check makes a ton of sense. And then obviously uh, some baseline diagnostics out the door Uh, and pain control. Perfect. I feel real good. I got what I need to go into this exam room. Any last, Pearls, tips, tricks, common mistakes, any pitfalls I haven't seen yet. They're going to trip me up or do you feel like I'm pretty good?
1: No, I think we're, I think we're pretty, I think we're pretty good there. We're wanted, like, like you said, if the client feels that they are engaged in doing something, they feel less helpless. Mm -hmm. And they feel less frustrated. And also, people want to, because we're a social species, people want to be liked. People want to be helpful. Most people want to be helpful. And you've now given them something. um, And and sometimes just phrasing it like, do you know, I'm wondering if you could help me in this, you know. And it's very unlikely that, you know, they may be skeptical, but it's very unlikely that they're going to say, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to help you. This is your job. You should figure this out. You know, right. so it's, uh, you know, it's just like, well, here's the here's the things I could move in with you. But given that it's covid, I can't. So I could move in with you and watch him or uh, it would be really great if you'd take some videos.
0: Uh, Margie, thank you for being here. Uh, where can people find you uh, to learn more? And uh, and you spoke a little bit about some webinars. If people are interested in uh, in getting in on on those, wh- where, where do they go? How, how do they keep up with you?
1: I am very remiss in not uh, taking any time to create a, a a website with resources or the like. But uh, I'm you know just a, I'm lecturing for various organizations, uh, anything from you know Sonopath to Washington State to you know groups all around all around the world, but uh, lots of different. Um, Sorry, can't be more specific. We can add that.
0: It's it's (laughs) no worries at all. Uh, You are uh, all over the place. You're doing all sorts of things. Uh, People tend to find you lecturing wherever cats are discussed. And uh, one other thing that that I would toss out, you did an interview with Dave Nichol in his Blunt Dissection podcast. That was exceptional. So uh, for people who want to learn more about you, I I love that podcast. I recommend that you. It's not hard to find uh, under Blunt Dissection okay right on thanks uh, thanks very much andy sorry thanks morgan well gang i hope you enjoyed that i hope you got something out of it if you did get something out of the podcast please share it with your friends that means a lot i just want people to find it i just want uh, i just want to help people and i need your help to find people who need help so that i can help that's what that's what i'm looking for also, if you have a moment, it means the world for me if you write an honest review on iTunes of the podcast. It really is how people find us and how if they decide if they're going to give us 10 minutes of their time to listen to the knowledge we're trying to lay down. So anyway, guys, that's enough from me. I hope 2021 is off to a great start from you. Please take care. Be well. Talk to you later.